Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week our troop explores the magic of the Disney parks, Disney Cruise Line, and of course, Disney Entertainment. Joining us this week, we have our producer, Milford. Hello, everybody. We have our pirate producer, RJ. <laughs> Ahoy, mates. <laughs> we have our social media guru and in-house royalty, the Duchess of Disneyland, Jessica. Hello from the West Coast. We have also have with us, and I'm really excited because two of our troop members met up over this past weekend. We have our Jedi Master Trip Planner, Adrian. Hey, everyone. And finally, our Brewmaster, Crystal. Hey, you all. And I'll be your cruise director for the night. I'm Mel. So let's jump right into it. Crystal and Adrian, you guys met up over the weekend for, I'm sure, fun and shenanigans. So I will turn the stage over to you two. Oh, you're funny. We actually just got to meet up for about 20, 30 minutes on, was it Saturday? Saturday evening at the Polynesian, kind of at the middle of my trip and the beginning of her trip. But it was really great to to meet up and see somebody in person that I've been talking to for like three months now. So, you know, I can put a better face with a name and voice and conversation. It was great to meet her husband and her little boy who was just the cutest thing ever and has a future in wrestling. And (laughs) (laughs) he was a little wily towards the end of the night. And at one point we look over and he has two of the chairs at the Polynesian (laughs) and I'm like, Oh God, WWE moment, go get him. Hurry. (laughs) It got scary, (laughs) but he was so cute. It was so, it was fun. So we met up and we just kind of chatted in the, in the lobby. And I was going to tell you, Crystal, she suggested that we go to Trader Sam's to check it out and have a drink. And we went after our dinner at the Ohana and it was a 30 minute wait just to get in. So we just kind of peeked our heads in and looked at everything, but we were exhausted because we're way too old for our age (laughs) to to wait around for, for 30 minutes. But, but it looked awesome just to kind of look in there, but but I did want to give a little bit of a recap, if you don't mind, Crystal, unless you want to first. No, please, go for oh, it. Okay. Um, a little bit of a recap of our our trip. It was my first adult-only trip in six years. And the last time I was there, I was and on an adult-only trip. I was pregnant. So it was, you know, basically I had a kid because I couldn't <laughs> do any of the fun stuff anyway. <laughs> But we flew down on Thursday, got in and checked into the Animal Kingdom Lodge on probably around one o'clock or so and had lunch, a late lunch at Sanaa where I had never eaten there before and loved it. It was really good. The ambiance was beautiful. The the wait, the wait staff were fabulous. We had the bread service with all nine of the sauces, <laughs> which was the highlight of the meal. Um, I've had that. That is right? wonderful. It was amazing. It really, mm-hmm. really was good. I was really sad, though, because I'm not an onion fan, and two of the, the non-breads had, like, the onions baked in them. So, I, you know, I tried them, but, yeah, you know, we kind of skipped those. But And then I had the butter chicken and lentil doll, and he had the Sanaa burger, and, and it was all very, very good. We were very pleased. But then we went to Animal Kingdom, 
and got our anniversary buttons while we were there. And I'm also really excited because like I'm an official annual pass holder now because we have three trips planned in the next year. So it just made sense. And so I got to, you know, get my annual pass, you know, sent in and bought a Tables in Wonderland dining card, which just made me feel really special because we've never done that before. <laughs> um so that was a lot of fun and I felt, you know, and my husband, every time he was like, don't forget you get your annual pass discount when we're buying merchandise and, and all of that fun stuff. So, um, you know, we felt kind of Disney royalty there for a little bit, Jessica, <laughs> but we had, but we had so much fun with the buttons and I've always gotten buttons cause I get them for everything, no matter when we go for something. And, but for the anniversary buttons, I think got more attention than any of the birthday buttons or anything else we've ever done before. When just at Annual Kingdom, we were, we went to go check out the Nomad Lounge, which is gorgeous. And also, I mean, it's just so pretty to go inside and you can kind of see tippins from, from the doorway and the seating is pretty and the, the bar staff are really friendly and helpful and really took time to kind of sit down and chat with you and explain the drinks and then explain the, the appetizers and things you could get. But they also brought out a tray with, you know, some little truffles that said happy anniversary. And at the end of the night, when we had our jungle book alive with magic fast pass, we were about to walk down to our seats and some, some cast member, I'm not sure who he was, but he looked like he was kind of in charge, noticed our buttons. And he said, so how long? And we said 10 years. And he goes, Oh, come with us. And I thought, Oh, crud what is he doing because i don't like to be put on the spot but you know but he took us down to the reserve seating like almost directly in the center of the of the viewing area so you could see everything really really well so that was that was really special and it was really fun and and all that but so animal kingdom was really really fun but i wanted to mention this just for kind of the listeners it was open until 11 o'clock that night and after Jungle Book Alive with Magic, everyone either rushed to Everest or they rushed to the front of the park to see the Tree of Life Awakening. And then after that, everybody left. Everybody. <laughs> wow. Like, we were walking through Asia and the Africa sections, and it was like the park was closed. There was no one there. So we headed back to Everest because that's my favorite ride. And did it about three times in succession. Just like <laughs> got off, got back on, got on, got back off. I mean, it was it was awesome. Nice. It was so cool. And then by like 1030, we were like, okay, now we're done. Like you could only ride Everest so many times in the dark. <laughs> yeah, um, but isn't it awesome in the dark? Oh my gosh, it was it was like 10 times scarier. <laughs> just because you had no idea. I mean, you, it already goes through, you know, the dark periods, but... And at night, it was, like, that much more intense. I loved it. It was fabulous. So we ended up leaving around. And we also saw the safari at dusk, which everybody was like, you need to go, you know, right before it starts to get dark. So we went right before the Jungle Book. And it it was fine. I didn't really notice a big difference. We've gone at several different time periods during the day. We saw about the same kind of animals. The lions were really fun. They were active and and roaring and all of that. But I didn't notice that they were any more active, the rest of the animals, than they are during the rest of the day. So then we went home, got up the next morning, we went to Hollywood Studios. And this was a split day for us that Friday. We were doing Hollywood Studios in the morning and Magic Kingdom in the afternoon. And so I had to make the decision, you know, 60 days ago 
which park I was going to get fast passes for and ultimately decided on Hollywood Studios. So we have fast passes for Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, and Star Tours. And in between Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, we had a good bit of time. And we met Chewbacca with like a less than 10 minute wait. We met Kylo Ren with a less than 10 minute wait. And then we went over to Toy Story Mania and it had a posted time of about 40 minutes, but the line was done in 25. Wow. And I'm telling, and that was the longest line we waited in the whole time. All here on the third track. Right. It was (laughs) amazing. And I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in depth more later, but the lines were crazy, but with planning, because, you know, Jedi Master Planner over here, like, <laughs> it was, the the Toy Story Mania was the longest line we waited in the whole time. And when we went to, after we did all that, we left, went back to the hotel to chill for a couple hours, and then went to Magic Kingdom with no pre-planned Fast Passes. I was able to get a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh pa- Fast Pass that day. And not for like the dumb stuff. Like we got, <laughs> uh, we got a Seven Dwarves Mine Train. We got a Haunted Mansion. We got a Space Mountain, and we got a Jungle Cruise. And besides those four, we were also able to ride Pirates, Winnie the Pooh, um, Journey of the Little Mermaid, which I have a funny story about in just a second. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Astro Orbiter, Buzz, Stitch, and the People Mover twice. So I think when I added it up earlier. In one day, we were able, in two parks, we were able to ride almost 20 attractions. Wow. Right? There had to be some Jedi mind tricks going on there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't realize this was a learning, like, light bulb moment for me. I knew you could get a fourth Fast Pass, but I didn't realize in the last update that they were now allowing you to get, just get as many Fast Passes as you could, as you could get. Yeah, you just, you just can't pile them on. You just have to get them one after the other, right? Yeah, so as soon as I got in line for, like, Seven Dwarfs, I think, was the first one I got. Then as soon as I it cleared that we had used it, I was in line waiting, got the next one. In line waiting, got the next one. And so it saved so much time. Because when we went for Space Mountain, the wait time was almost two hours. Wow. Um, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. And But before I was going to talk about The Little Mermaid, before... Right before we went to Little Mermaid, we were on Seven Dwarves Mine Train. And, you know, they have the little um, basket carry thing right in front of you where you put all your stuff. And I'm used to, you know, dragging around two children with me and a stroller and a diaper bag and a park bag and everything that I could have possibly fit. So I was thoroughly enjoying being a guest without bags. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best thing ever. You just walked straight in. (laughs) Um, So I had my phone and I had like this little... Um, wristlet like wallet thing where I'd put my ID and a little bit of cash and a credit card and I was able to squeeze like an external battery charger (laughs) and cord all in this little wristlet and the the key to our rental car and it was all squeezed in there and I put it in the basket and then we get out and we leave we go to Little Mermaid it had like a 15 minute line we get to the very front and I hear someone rattle the chains in the line. And I thought, oh, crap, I dropped the key. Well, I looked down and the key is not in my bag and it's not in the floor. And it was gone. And I was freaking out because it was like 
$300 to replace that car key. <laughs> so we run, we scour the whole way. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. I've got the flashlight turned on on my phone. We're running all the way back to Seven Dwarves Mine Train. And we get up to the cast member at the front. And I was like, we were just here. And before I could say anything, she goes, I know. I recognized your ears. Because I had these great <laughs> glow-in-the-dark ears that I'd bought from Etsy. And I was like, thank you. And then I forgot momentarily that I was freaking out about my car key <laughs> and like geeked out over my ears for a second. But <laughs> she, uh, we told her what happened and the car that we were sitting in. And about 30 minutes later, they were able to bring me my key. And I was oh, so relieved. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't breathe for a while, but they found it and it was all good. And we were only about five minutes late for our dinner reservation to be our guest. But and then we stayed for wishes, and I got to see the kiss goodnight, which I had never seen before. Didn't even know it existed back before I had kids, so that was a really neat thing to see. And then I also wanted to mention that there's a little trick that I used, because after the kiss goodnight, you think the park is empty, but there are still hundreds of people in there. And they all exited immediately after that, just like we did. And went to the monorails. And so the monorail to the Ticket and Transportation Center, that line went forever, forever and ever and ever. Wow. So yeah. Christopher and I just skipped right past it and went to the resort monorail. Because I don't think that most people realize that the resort monorail will also take you to the Ticket and Transportation Center. <laughs> no. Right? I mean, it takes a little bit longer, but I'd rather be in an air-conditioned, comfy seat than waiting in line with hundreds of other people. So we got right on that monorail, rode right around the, the resorts, and made it to the Ticket and Transportation Center probably much more quickly than than probably 75% of that line. So, again, I just want to kind of throw that out there as a tip. I think I've mentioned that before on my blog or on Facebook or something. But if the line for the regular monorail is insane, skip it and go to the resort monorail. So after that, like 1130, we probably got back to our room at 1230, probably close to 1 o'clock. And I've told you wow. guys. Wow. I know. <laughs> I'm a really old 33-year-old. So That's past your bedtime. Jeez. Like four hours past my bedtime. I know. Oh, man. But I know y'all would be so proud of me. But my husband, <laughs> who was also a really, thir- really old 33-year-old, was so cranky. And he was like, <laughs> you're not getting me to Epcot for breakfast. I'm sorry. Like my plan the next morning was to check out the breakfast items in Mexico and Norway. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. I love you. And this is our anniversary, but I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So I let him sleep in and we didn't get to Epcot until about noon. Oh my. Um, I know. But (laughs) that's very nice of you. I'm kind and I'm flexible (sighs) on occasion when the situation calls for it. I'd have left him sleep. I was going to say, I would have left him in a room. (laughs) been out. You're way nicer than I am. Well, our first, we had Soren, a Soren Fast Pass at 11.35. So I was like, so as long as we get there by noon, we still have time to go to Soren before we start our epic around the world eating and drinking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, which by the way, I don't know who has ridden the new Soren and who hasn't, but I love it. It was fabulous the scenery was gorgeous we didn't get we ended up getting concourse c i think so we were to the right of the center and you definitely get a skewed view from there so anybody that hasn't ridden it yet if you 
get a chance to ask for B to get in the middle section, I think you would get a better, better sense of it all. But, um, but it was still gorgeous and the smells were fun. I know before in the last one, everybody says it was the orange scent that lingered. I thought it was the grass scent this time. Like it kind of stayed right hmm. through several, through several of the scenes, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody else, but we, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I could geek out about that forever. And then we went, started in Mexico and went all the way around to Canada and had some sort of snack and some sort of alcoholic drink in each country. And I'm just going to say that it reinforced how much I don't like alcohol. Like, <laughs> I, was gonna, I tried. It was going to be my next gave, question. <laughs> yeah, I I gave it a good college try, like legitimately, right? Like college. But it, it, was, it was so bad. Like, it was so bad. There was some orange slushy thing he got in France that tasted decent. But oh, the Grand Manier slush. That thing is so good. It was, was that the orange one? divine. Yeah, I, oh. yeah, I tried. I really did. But, well, if um, you don't like that, then just give up alcohol altogether. That's right. That's okay. The, that, that's just you. a sign from the Grey Goose God that right. alcohol <laughs> is not for you, and it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. More, More for, for the rest every, of us. Absolutely. More for everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. You can come <laughs> with me anytime. <laughs> But it was still really fun. And for anyone, we were kind of, I don't want to say we were on a time crunch, but because we did, we were meeting Crystal at 730, we kind of wanted to get through it fairly quickly so that he could kind of recover by then and so that we wouldn't be so full that we wouldn't want to eat Ohana. (laughs) So I think, I think we did it in about three hours and for anyone attempting to eat that much food, please space it out longer than three hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> we made the mistake of starting in the first couple of countries in eating everything, right? Like the empanadas in Mexico were so good. And we were like fighting over the third one who was going to get to eat the most of it. Um, and then like we told Crystal, by the time we got over to the UK, like we both took a sip of the beer and then we were like, okay, yeah, this is, the rest is going in the bush. Like <laughs> we, <laughs> there's no more room in my stomach. And then of course, like you finish up with the cronut. That's like the thing for Canada. And I had never wanted to eat anything more and eat anything less in my <laughs> life. And it was... It was so good. And we were just sitting there on this park bench looking at it so sadly, like on any other day, at any other time, we would be fighting over <laughs> this thing. <sighs> but instead we were like, no, you take another bite. No, you take another bite. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pointing it off on people walking by. Here, would you like a cronut? <laughs> we really were like, I swear we're not sick or anything. Like here, have this laugh tough. But... <laughs> So it was a it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and then we went to the Polynesian and met Crystal, and then had dinner at Ohana, and we were really excited that we got seating to see like we were seated perfectly to see the castle and see wishes from our seats at dinner, and we had reservations at eight o'clock, so we were eating dessert right as wishes started. Cool, which was. I, it was perfect. It couldn't you your couldn't own asked. dessert party. That's it right. It really was, and they brought us out little candles and the ice cream, you know, to share and blow out for our anniversary, which was which was cute. 
It really was. It was sweet. And then we went to go check out Trader Sam's, and then we we're like, "Are you ready to go to sleep?" Because I'm really ready to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then y'all will be very proud of me. I gave up control for Sunday and let my husband decide what we were doing and where we were going and what we would ride or not ride. So I had, I gave up complete control and cause my plan was to go to Disney Springs cause I wanted to see it all and see the new stuff. And he was really, really into rock and roller coaster. He's like a roller coaster virgin until about <laughs> two months ago. I had never been able to talk one, talk him onto one in the entire 17 years we've been together. Wow. And right. And so I finally got him on Rock and Roller Coaster, and he was like, this is awesome. Why have I not been doing this my entire life? <laughs> but he's kind of like me. He, he's a control freak, but in different ways. So he, he, doesn't like to be, he doesn't like to fly for that reason. He would rather drive down. He, doesn't, he didn't like roller coasters because, you know, who knows what could happen, and he's not in the driver's seat. But he, <laughs> he was like, we have to go back to Hollywood Studios. I have to do that again. I'm like, okay. So Sunday before our flight, we went to Hollywood Studios and wrote a couple more things, and and then we left. And you know, it wasn't the Tragical Express, but <laughs> relinquishing our rental car and getting back on the plane was pretty sad. <laughs> yep, it always is, no matter how you get there. <laughs> yep, yep. So that was our trip. And I did want to say just a little bit about Animal Kingdom Lodge. Y'all were completely right. It is beautiful. It's amazing. It's, I mean, you walk, I've, you know, I've stayed in a lot of hotels and I've stayed in a lot of resorts, but that's the first lobby that when you walk in every single time, it takes my breath away. Just, it's so, it's just so gorgeous. You really can't, you really can't say anything else. It's just the most beautiful thing. But I do want to say, because I didn't realize that the two sections of Animal Kingdom Lodge were kind of so far away from each other, the Jumbo House versus Kadani Village. And we stayed in Jumbo House this time, which is great, because that's where most of the food is. That's where mm-hmm, Boma yes. is. That's where Jiko is. That's where Mara, their little quick service station is, which was great. Like I said, it was good for us. But next time, when I go back with my kids, I'm staying in Katani Village. So I'm already, like, thinking about the logistics of how difficult that will be to get all of my kids in a car, drive to Jumbo House, get all of my kids out of the car to get food, get back in the car, go to a park. If So, yeah. If you... If you wandered around there, you, that was a problem we had too when we stayed there, and we didn't realize it the first time. And my father had requested a room because he knew the layout because that's their home resort. So we mm-hmm. we were able to – it's actually a short walk through the parking lot, and it's a heck of a lot easier than getting in your car and driving over. So we were able okay. to walk through like the parking garage and then out one side, and then you're, you come out near where you would get the buses – and you walk up that path into the Jumbo House. Okay. But also, if you can specify a room or an area, because my brother got caught on the absolute other complete end of the semicircle that Kadani Village is, uh-huh. and was not thrilled that it was a half hour walk from the bus every night, you know, with with yeah. with shot and tired kids, and the same thing, and to come and get a quick serve to get over to the Mara. So that is kind of the downfall of that one. I don't know why they didn't put another quick serve or something on that side. Something. But 
Yeah, that's that's the only doubt. But Kidani's beautiful because every room you're on the savannah. I mean, there's no right. That's and we didn't we didn't pay for a savannah view this time, but we ended up with a savannah view. Like I was completely shocked when I woke up and there was a giraffe outside my window. <laughs> it's so um, cool, though. It, but it was so cool. I mean, it's just. I mean, there, I can't think of any other experience in the parks that kind of compares to that, or in any of the other resorts. But um, so yeah, like, but I will say because we are renting vacation club points, um, and so you get the vacation club rooms, which have the um, refrigerator and the toaster and the microwave and that kind of thing. So. I'm already thinking, okay, well, I'll just bring some Pop-Tarts and some bagels or something. And that way we don't have to every morning hop across to the other, to Jumbo House to get something to eat. Because that's the only thing that I would kind of, that I would kind of complain about, I guess, with that resort is Kadani Village really could use some sort of quick service or something over there to kind of help out with that. Yeah, but I saw that they added they added coffee on within one of the little shops, and then I think you can get some muffins and donuts there in the morning. But that's something that I think they added only during the peak times, and it's uh-huh. relatively new. But when we stayed there a few years ago, they didn't have anything. At least now you can get you know your coffee fix in the morning and something to eat. And yeah, they that's usually good. have they usually have bacon, egg, and cheese croissants down there too, oh, and good. ham and egg and cheese croissants. So. You can go right down to that shop in Kadani, and they have that along with good. Everything else. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely new because last time we were there, it, they didn't have any of that stuff. They didn't have anything. Well, that's good to know because my kids wake up hungry, so <laughs> Don't I we know all. there's no way. I, <laughs> right? You know, there's some people who could kind of hang out for an hour before they eat, but not my kids. They're like the second their feet hit the floor, they're like, "Where's my muffins? Where's my pancake?" <laughs> that's so, why I am with coffee. You must have it. <laughs> So that's so. There's no way that I could talk them into like, can you just wait till we get to the parks? We'll get something there. <laughs> so that's good. That's good to know. There was one more thing that I was going to mention, and then I swear I will stop talking and move it on to somebody <laughs> else. Y'all should have seen me last night when I got home because my mom and my kids, my mom and my sister kept my kids, and my sister is you know as Disney obsessed as I am, and so she was like, tell me everything, and like two hours later, I think I was finally done. <laughs> but I did want to mention we talked about the Fast Pass system in how well it worked in Magic Kingdom in that, you know, you finished a fast pass, you got your next one immediately, immediately. I wanted to try that out when we went to Epcot because we had Soren, but I would have totally loved to do Test Track. I like that. Or Frozen. I, well, you know, I talked about that. My daughter would probably kill me if I did it without her, but I wouldn't have told her. <laughs> I did go see Anna and Elsa without her, and she was really mad at me. But... I was disappointed to find out that I already knew that all the good, all the good attractions are in tier one, but I didn't realize that once you finished all of your fast passes for that day, you were then only allowed to choose tier two attractions and the tier two attractions for lack of a better word suck. Like there's no, (laughs) and you don't even need a fast pass for most of them. You don't need them. Like, why would you need a fast pass for the seas with Nemo and friends? Like it's literally walk on every single time, no matter what time of day or what time of year you go. Yep. And I, I told this story to you guys earlier, but the, when we went to go see turtle talk with crush, like there's a different entrance for a fast pass, but then you're all funneled into the same room. You don't even get priority seating or anything. 
And I even heard a cast member say that that it was a waste of Fast Pass, and it is. But I have one for my next trip in September because there's nothing else. Yeah, you like, got it. Yeah, you know, if you're going to pick three, you might as well pick three. But there's there's no use in it. There's no point. So it was kind of like our spaceship Earth. We used it, and the other people were like, it was a five minute um, <laughs> wait time. I'm like, why am I doing this? I know. So that's my only middle, little mini rant. But I think the fast pass system works great in the non tiered parks, yep. but in the tiered parks, there's a lot to be desired. And of course, I still understand why they have non tiered versus tiered. What made them t- choose which parks to do that in, except for maybe the fewer amounts of attractions that need fast pass. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was very disappointing <laughs> to say the least. Yep. It, well, I think it's just crowd control in Epcot. Cause I think if they had Soren and now frozen and test track all, if every, if there was no tears, people would pick those three and either leave and, right. the, and the other attractions would not get any, any people running through it, especially those who don't have children. So now, like you said, it forces you because if you want to use the three so you can get a fourth or a fifth in another park, if you're not staying at Epcot every day, all day, then then you have to. So you got to pick one. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, our, our strategy usually was we would usually get a fast pass for Soren or we would get a fast mm-hmm. pass for test track, go to Soren first when it, when the park opened and then right. go, go across and do the test track one. And then, you know, get one for like living with the land and Nemo. Yeah, which is asinine. Yeah. But you yeah. have to but you have to do it. And you know, that that strategy almost doesn't work anymore. The you know, get a fast pass for say ten o'clock or eleven o'clock and at rope drop hit the other big ones. It's almost like that is when I see the biggest wait times of the entire day. Like you can see test track be at hundred and twenty, a hundred and eighty minutes. At nine thirty in the morning, right, and or you know, frozen. We all know about that kind of insanity over the past month. Like, it that rope drop strategy almost it just almost doesn't work anymore. You're almost pretty much screwed, no matter what time you want to go to those other attractions. So, you know, it is what it is. But I would have stayed in the park longer. You know, almost a reverse of their, you know, their intention if I could have gotten fast passes for the other good stuff. Instead, we were like, you want to just go to the Polynesian and hang out in a comfy chair and air conditioning? <laughs> and <laughs> and that's what we did. So, yeah. no, you're, you know. you're right. You're definitely right. <laughs> well, we're, did you notice, um, I don't know if you guys, if you didn't wander over there or were down in the land, I had heard as, as well as the third track is doing in Toy Story that the same thing for Soren. I mean, you're not getting 20 minute waits, but it, that it did alleviate those, you know, hour, hour and a half constantly all day long. That there's still, you know, you could still walk up and, you know, 40 minutes well, isn't it, terrible. I don't know. For me, it's not. I have, you know, yeah. I don't mind waiting in line. So 40 minutes, 45 <laughs> minutes is not a terrible thing for me. Cause... Well, I will say, you know, we got there at noon, which is kind of, you know, peak crowd times. Mm. And when we went to use our Fast Pass at Soren, the posted wait time was 150 minutes oh wow so i can't say for sure that yeah that it's working as well there i thought that it was because i hadn't really seen wait times that long but um 
But yeah, it was it was pretty intense. And all I could remember thinking is, thank gosh, I'm on the other side of this wall because yeah, I real. love Soren, but I don't. I would not have waited yeah, two no, and a half not, hours. No, no, not two and a half hours. No, that's insane. <laughs> so, okay, I promise I'm done. Next. <laughs> what about you, Crystal? What were your thoughts on the weekend? Um, yeah, we had an awesome time. Um, we actually checked in on Saturday and then checked out um, early Monday morning. So it was great. We uh, we stayed at the Contemporary. We did a little staycation because we're locals. And um, we got a discounted rate over at the Contemporary. And we were over in the Garden View, which is off of the South Wing. So we had a really great view of um, the monorail going by as well as the parking lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very cool to see the monorail kind of streaming by throughout the day. And it was as it was heading into um, the resort, uh, like the main entrance of the resort. And then awesome to hear the fireworks at night, the electrical water pageant, you know, and we can kind of get into this here in a little bit, but you know, for the price that you pay for this resort, there's some awesome amenities, but it still kind of has that that business feel to it. So, um, you know, the monorail is a huge, huge benefit. Um, we could either take the monorail to Magic Kingdom or to Epcot, or it was just a quick walk to, to Magic Kingdom. So we actually ended up walking in most of the time um, just because you know, we're like, we're the, we're this close. Like we, we need to do the walk. So even in the heat, we ended up walking it in. Um, they also have bus service to the other, um, properties. And I thought it was kind of cool. They had the estimated arrival time of the buses to be able to take you to the other, you know, to Hollywood studios or Disney Springs, which I thought was pretty awesome. You know, I'm surprised they haven't expanded that out to some of the other resorts just to give you an idea if it's going to be 10 or 15 minutes. Um, or 30 minutes for the next bus to come in. Because you know they have to GPS track those things um, on where their locations are. So I thought that was kind of some something kind of cool that if you wanted to hop a different bus or decide to walk in, you know, you could do so instead of sitting there waiting. Um, and then the rooms overall were a lot larger than some of the other properties that we've stayed at. We had uh, two beds as well as a pull-down couch. But one of the things that was kind of lacking was there was no balcony. So to be able to sit outside and have a glass of wine um, and watch the monorail go by or listen to the fireworks, we didn't have a view of the the park, but there was no there was no balcony at all. So when you'd open the the glass sliding door, the the rail came right up to the side of the door. Um, so a little disappointing there, but overall it was still a really really nice room. Um, and not to be like too per, you know too punny on this, but it was very contemporary. I mean the whole theming. You got like the white like nice sinks and. Um, the beds and the design of everything was very high end, very contemporary. You know, the lobby is really beautiful, but it does not have that wow effect that like Grand Floridian or Animal Kingdom has. You know, you're kind of it's kind of dark in there. It's just a nice like business style lobby. Have you all ever seen that lobby there? Yeah. Well, the lobby. Yeah. The lobby that where the check in desk is nothing. Yeah. It's until yeah. you get up to the concourse where like the, the shops are and the and the Mary Blair mur- mural on the wall. That should be the lobby because that's that's nice. Yeah. You know? That's nice to hang out up there. Agreed. Yeah. That's when you like your socks get knocked off is when you kind of head up that escalator and you see that initial open air lobby where when you check in, it's kind of like a dark little tunnel back in there. Uh, but overall, the check in was really nice. I mean, I think that's what makes or breaks really your experience in those deluxe resorts is, you know, the additional service that you get with, you know, valet parking, bell service to the room, as well as um, a little additional time spending at check-in. But overall, I mean, the hotel stay was great. You know, there's three pools, there's a splash pad, two of the pools have slides. 
So we did spend a little bit of time in the pool and it was really nice having the lake view right there. Um, kind of looked like you had an infinity pool. Um, so that was great in the morning watching the bus, uh, the boats go by on the water and just kind of hanging out. And then, um, you know, you could see the groups going by with, you know, doing parasailing and a couple of folks leaving out of the marina to do some of the excursions there. So they have fishing excursions. And then I didn't look, but I'm not sure if they still have water skiing. You know, back in the day, you could um, wakeboard and water ski. So I didn't see any of those boats going out, just the fishing excursions. So I don't know if they're letting you get in that water anymore. Because we ended up water skiing a few years ago, probably Let's say three years ago, we did uh, water skiing and wakeboarding, and it was awesome. It was through Sammy Duvall's. It was a great time. I mean, if they still do that, I highly recommend it. But, you know, we didn't have any fear when we were in the water. You're behind the boat out in the middle of the lake. So we did it way back when. I'd be curious if they still do that. I know they suspended some of that stuff, the the little water sprites and the things like that. But I, I know some of it started back again. I don't know how much of it, though. Yeah, I saw the excur- like the fishing excursions, they were going out, and the parasailing was out as well. But, you know, neither of those, you ever touch the water. So right. be curious to see if they bring that stuff back after a little bit. Um, but overall, you know, I think the fishing excursion would be a ton of fun. Um, there's also tennis courts and a sand volleyball court, which is awesome. And then for anybody who's into the Run Disney stuff, they do have a jogging trail that goes around both of um, Bay Lake Tower as well as the Contemporary. Um, but it's like a one mile loop. That one was pretty boring. I was hoping that there was something that would kick you around <laughs> towards the magic kingdom. It's like a one mile loop that you just have to do over and over again, which was still really nice. Um, <laughs> cause it was kind of shaded, but overall, if you're trying to put in some miles, that's like, it's a lot of looping around in yeah. there. Um, especially when you're that close to the magic kingdom. Cause in the morning I just wanted to like run down by the magic kingdom and see all the buses and everything coming in. And they really did not want you in that area. So, um, and yeah, anybody who's in a run Disney might want to head over to the boardwalk, boardwalk. or somewhere else and try yeah. to put some miles in because that one wasn't a, a great spot. But <laughs> um, the room, it was really great. I highly recommend the room. Um, you know, there's a few things that they did different with us recently staying at the Grand Floridian. We could really see the differences between the two deluxe resorts. Um, the room at Contemporary was a little bit bigger and super neat and clean. I mean, all Disney properties, whether you're saying at value or deluxe, are top-notch, super clean. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, but overall, we didn't get the turndown service like we got over at the Grand Floridian, but the amenities were different. So we did get the big bottles of shampoo and conditioner, which my husband like loves. We like hoarded them as we left. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And they like give you like uh, toothbrushes and like a bunch of vanity kit stuff that they don't give you at the Grand Floridian, where you do get the turndown service at Grand Floridian, as well as, like, the robes and stuff. So we did not have any of that over at um, Contemporary, but I didn't feel like it was lacking either. So um, it wasn't, like, a huge gap because they didn't have it. And then overall, the property has great dining, and we tried to hit as many of the um, dining opportunities as we could. We ended up doing breakfast at the Wave this morning, and I highly recommend the Wave. This is kind of a hidden gem on um, they do a buffet in the morning, and I would say it's probably one of the best buffets on property. Um, our son is under three, so he's free. So by the time you pay for my husband and I with Tables in Wonderland, it's just as much as doing quick service for us. And the food was fantastic. Um, I mean, there was like little cups of yogurt, different kinds of yogurt parfaits. One was like caramel and bananas. There was like mint and berries, and they were delicious. They had a um, like a smoothie 
bar um, that was like you could do strawberries and carrots and different juice bars there, and they would serve them in these special little glasses. And I think most importantly, I get kind of freaked out on buffets at Disney property because I think everything's kind of like slimy and covered in grease. (laughs) I don't know. You and my husband would get along (laughs) so well. Yeah, I don't mean to sound like I've seen like half eaten like chicken wings. Like somebody like got hungry along like the buffet and they'll eat it and they'll sit it down. And it just it it totally weirds me out where this buffet was like top notch clean. Like oh, super, super clean. There was no like, you know, when you like see the the door to go in and out, it's just like greased up. Like none of that was going on. So um, it was it was really great. I would recommend scheduling something there, especially if you're off property, because you can say, hey, I have a reservation. Come in and park at the Contemporary and then walk over and spend the day at Magic Kingdom. So, you know, you get that free parking, a great buffet, and you get to park right near the Magic Kingdom and walk in. So kind of a good locals tip on a great spot and overall very affordable and amazing service. Like this is a hidden gem for me. So I would, I would definitely check this out on your next trip. Um, we did mother's day brunch there too one time and that was fantastic as well. So we've had two great experiences there. Um, and then we did chef Mickey's and that was, <laughs> that's one of where the greasy stuff gets me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but we got to see the fab five and our son loved it. You know, it's good family photo op. Um, you know, you have Mickey, Donald, Pluto, Goofy, and Minnie all there. Um, so if you want to knock out seeing the characters, I think this is a great spot to go as well. Um, overall, the food we hit, the, we went there around 11 o'clock. So it was the transition between breakfast and lunch. But there wasn't a ton to eat. It was a lot of sides and not a lot of main entrees. So they had a ham carving station. And then outside of that, it was like quinoa salad and broccoli salad and 15 different kinds of salad and then tater tots and my husband and I were laughing because we were eating off of the kids buffet like he had like corn dog nuggets and Mickey macaroni and cheese and chicken tenders and like that was what we were eating as part of the meal so to go in there and get full I think is gonna be kind of tough but they did have a bomb dessert like (laughs) sampler platter that you could get there was like a tree of like 15 different desserts so that was pretty great because that's what I expect when I go to a buffet is like skip everything and go straight dessert. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes. that was pretty that was pretty great. Um, and then we did do California Grill on Saturday night for for dinner, which beautiful views. You can see all of the Disney property. You could see um, the castle off in the distance as well as Space Mountain. And then you kind of kept looking, seeing Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. So we th- we were there around five o'clock because of the toddler, but. If you could plan that during the fireworks, it would be amazing. Like one of the best views, I think, of all time. And I know that they, they play the music in there as well. Um, and they also have Lasseter wine. It was $130 a bottle, though. They don't do glasses there. Oh, my so, own. so we did not do the Lasseter wine. I was like crying when we were leaving. But we did do other drinks, so we made it out okay. But overall, the food was fantastic. They have awesome sushi if you like, um, if you're a sushi eater. And the attire is pretty like park mixed with business across the board so you'll see some people in shorts and t-shirts and then you'll see others who have dress and heel like a dress and heels on so you can kind of go in there and have a really great meal with kids without getting overly dressed up but then if you wanted to have a good anniversary meal you could do that too so i felt like it was a good mix of great great food and then also you know pretty casual if you wanted it to be but also you could spice it up i wonder if they split the restaurant because it we're kind of looking, it looks like a lot of the people with kids were on one side and then non-kids on the other side of the restaurant. So I love um, that so much. Yeah, yeah that's and pretty then, cool if they do that. 
Uh, yeah, it seemed like they kind of were making a conscious effort to kind of put families together. Like we saw about four toddlers in one section and then more couples in a different section. So I think that was just trying to respect, you know, their time. And then overall, the food was great. My husband, um, he got pork two ways. And then I had the crispy red snapper. My food did come out. The red snapper wasn't cooked fully twice. And I, oh, wow. <laughs> But overall, <laughs> the third time, it was really great. You know, I don't know what was going on back there. It was a, a large fillet when they brought it out of snapper. So I don't know if it was just too large, and that's where they were having the issue because the, the third time it was a much smaller fillet, but it was fantastic. We also did the artisan cheese plate, and then I had this peach creme brulee that was oh, the best. If you like creme brulee, <laughs> like that it was awesome. it was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And then they also, you know, they have a coffee bar downstairs where they serve Joffrey's coffee. So if you need coffee in the morning and then they have their standard quick service. So you don't always have to do these like crazy, you know, the wave or Chef Mickey's or California Girl where it's very expensive. They do have um, the quick service as well as the coffee bar where you can go and get just like donuts and muffins and stuff in the morning, too. So overall, I thought the contemporary was a great experience. We had a ton of fun. Um, I really because it is kind of like a business hotel, like a Hyatt place or courtyard Marriott. It's very clean cut and clean lines and everything. I'm just not sure what the draw would be to this hotel. I don't know if any of you guys have stayed here before, but I feel like for the money, like I would just go animal kingdom lodge, like safari view every day um, versus, you know, the half monorail, half parking lot view. But I don't, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, which one would you guys prefer? And have you guys stayed at the contemporary before? I've only stayed at the Contemporary in the Bay Lake Tower. Uh, we did it one time. My brother, that was his home place. And we, him and my father and myself, we pulled a bunch of points together and we got the big two-bedroom suite. So we were all in there together and Castle View. And it was, oh, like, man, the, awesome. yeah, it was like the week after New Year. So it was probably like 8,000 points for the week. <laughs> we figured we'd do it once and that was it. So I've never stayed in the A-frame or in either one of the of the wings. My uncle, that was their go-to hotel. They would always stay in the wings. That's where they mm -hmm. liked it. The price, this was way back in the day before DVC and before the All-Stars. So they loved it. I mean, I liked it. I thought for on the DVC end of it, it kind of was a pain because there's no food or anything in the tower. So you always had to walk across and either – Go to the Contempo Cafe, which is the quick serve on the on the concourse level. So everything was over there. There's not even a shop in Bay Lake Tower. So that I didn't understand logistically why they couldn't put a kitchen or something up there. You know, they have the nice bar that's way up at the top for DVC members to watch Wishes through and and all that which at night, which was really great. And I do think they served like appetizer type stuff. But other than that. I, I don't have much other experience. Like I don't know any I haven't gone around the grounds and stuff, but but I'm kind of Yeah, I've heard I, Bay Lake is I heard Bay Lake is beautiful, especially with the view and contemporary was awesome. It was just when you can have a giraffe walking by your room for the same amount, I feel my only thought on it was, you know, I felt like I could have gotten that room at any if you travel for business, I felt like that's what a typical room looks like for business travel. So, I was trying to figure out if you were going to pay that much how how Disney basically draws people in because you would think that you'd be more active to go to like Grand Floridian or Animal Kingdom Lodge or one of these other like beach club or yacht club. And I wonder if they have difficulty like filling the rooms because after I saw the room and had checked in, 
especially being in the wing, I was like, man, maybe you should have spent the money at Animal Kingdom Lodge. <laughs> um, it's... But it was really cool. I'm glad we did it because that's what our goal is, is to experience every single resort. So it's fun to kind of have the perspective on it. It's just I don't know where you can go where you can like have – you know, a giraffe walk by the room or a zebra, especially if you have kids with you versus, or I, I get, I get Bailey T- tower where you could see the fireworks and see the castle, but in particular the wing of this hotel, like we really didn't see much for quite a pricey room. <laughs> right. Well, you're, you're paying for, I think the draw is for families. You're, you're on the monorail and out of the three, it's probably the cheapest. I'm not, I don't know that for sure. And it's proximity to the Magic Kingdom. It is the closest resort. So Oh definitely, yeah. You know, the proximity so, was amazing. Like you said, the walking, that's what we did every day. We we walked over there because why wait for the mon I mean it's, I love riding the monorail, but with the kids, you might as well just walk. You're walking in the gate instead of taking it all the way around. So it, that's probably where they get where they sell people, but I hundred percent agree with you. To spend the money, like if you're spending, you know, real money and not points yeah, why would you not go to any of the other, especially Animal Kingdom Lodge, without a doubt? I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. I would definitely rather be at the lodge than even at Bay Lake Tower. I don't know that I would ever spend the – I mean, it was great and all, waking up and opening the curtain and the castle was there and going to bed and watching when, you know, castles lit all night long. You, know, you wake up at 3 in the morning, the castle's always lit. They never shut it off. But, uh, you know – how much are you staring at that? You know, in half hour in the morning, half hour at the end of the day. So I guess it's you know, it's guess it's whatever your uh, your breaking point is financially. Yeah, I haven't stayed there, but it's on my list now because of the proximity. That is really, literally, the only reason that I want to stay there because when you have little kids and they need to nap or they need a break in the middle of the day. The fact that you were five minutes away, like a five minute walk is like invaluable because and I think that's why Animal Kingdom Lodge is the cheapest of the deluxe because it is so far away that even from Animal Kingdom, it's a good, you know, like almost 10 minutes. So it's just more of a a pain to have to get from a park back to your hotel, back to a park where you know, from from there, you can get to Magic Kingdom so fast and Epcot, you know, not even that much longer. So that's kind of my, that's why I want to go because my kids still need, even though they don't nap anymore, they still need time to chill in the afternoons. So I yeah, think we that's did the big do that. Goal. Yeah, we did. We went to the park and then we came back and, you know, just took took a couple minutes, calmed down, relaxed, and then we went back out to the park. So, yeah, we did utilize it for that. And it was, honestly, it was a really great experience, and I'm glad we got to stay there. It was a ton of fun. Um, I highly recommend the resort. Um, yeah, if there's anything else, um, I was going to mention, I'll post some pictures on my Twitter feed as well as um, at our uh, Diz Explorers page. So you guys can take a look at what um, the hotel room looked oh, like fun. as well as some oh, of yeah, the other. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful property. I mean, super nice and clean, great service. Um, we really had a overall great experience. It's just there's so much that Disney has to offer with theming that I just felt like it was missing something. And I'm not sure what that something is, but it's just like I, when you can have a giraffe walk by or see fireworks <laughs> over the castle, I'm just not sure like how they fill these rooms. But overall, I mean, we just had a we had a really awesome time, ton of fun on vacation, um, like a little staycation that we had. And I got to tell you this real quick story, but 
our, our son, you know, he's a two-year-old, so we're in, totally in the toddler phase and outside the WWE chair thing that happened. <laughs> we were trying to – we wanted to take the monorail to Epcot because that was the only option. There was not a bus, and our son just wanted to ride a bus. He was like, <laughs> we must ride a bus. So we ended up having to take a bus to Disney Springs and transfer over to, and get on another bus to take to Epcot, even oh. though we could have taken – the monorail with a crazy toddler. Oh, so, man. Pa- oh, total, man. total, total parenting fail and toddler win. <laughs> because we paid all of this money and ended up on a bus anyways. Oh, so, no, that's convenient out the window. So, but anyways, I'll um, post those pictures. And if you guys have Great. any other questions about the resort, I'd be happy to answer them. So I was just going to say the other draw probably is if it's not families the a lot of those rooms probably get booked and blocked out for conventions and business people who you know what i mean the convention may be down there and it may not be people who right. are essentially going to go into any of the parks because i know <clears throat> my wife they have a conference that was scheduled down there for october and originally i was going to go with her and as most companies do they let you tack on a day or two at the end or beginning of their trip for whatever their rack rate was so it was like super cheap i think she said it was going to be like it was under 200 a night to stay in the wing for like another like her conference is monday through wednesday i think and so if we wanted to stay the thursday and the friday and the saturday it was only going to be right. whatever another buck 75 a night or something like that so that could be a draw, too, for people who bring their families. As I know growing up, my father had a lot of conventions down in that area. They were never on Disney property because Contemporary was the only one at the time. We were always at one of the, the Marriott or one of the other ones, you know, off prop. <clears throat> excuse me, off property. But nowadays that might be commonplace between there and Coronado Springs. Yeah, it is one. I mean, a lot of the deluxes are – I, well, I won't say a lot. Several do have convention centers of different sizes tacked under them now. I know with the contemporary, um, with Night of Joy, they also have the, what is it, the Experience Conference, I think it's called. Yeah. I On the so. days leading up to Night of Joy, where a lot of the bands come in and they basically have seminars for worship leaders, for, you know, the churches will send their worship leaders there that week before and then night of joy is of course over the weekend at magic kingdom. So proximity again, being a draw because people going to that conference are also going to go to the concerts, which are in the park itself. Yeah. That changes this year though. I heard that. Yeah. Night of joy is actually going to be at ES at the wide world. ESPN. Yeah. They moved all that stuff over there now, the cheerleading and everything. Yeah. (laughs) But the cheerleaders over there too. Yeah. it's. Uh, I won't miss them. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. I was going to mention too. There's basically, there's like four places that have convention space. You got the grand Floridian, the contemporary Coronado Springs and the yacht club. Oh, right. the yacht has club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There are medium-sized meeting rooms, though, too, that will hold right. not quite convention-sized people, but they, they do have decent-sized business centers yeah. in, in several of the spots. Well, everybody, you guys know, will transition over last weekend, San Diego Comic-Con, total nerdapalooza. <laughs> it's... It, if I could have been there, I so would have been there. But since I couldn't be there over on the Disney Explorers Facebook page, you will see Comic-Con, the musical. 
which was a brilliant <laughs> take on hysterical. Beauty and the Beast, Bonjour, Hodor. <laughs> so if you haven't Still been over to... I know. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> if you still, if you haven't been over to the Disney Explorers on Facebook, take a look over there. You will see Comic Con the musical. I highly recommend it. But briefly, there, my, my my favorite part was we finally found out. They they announced it at Comic Con. We finally found out where Thor was during Captain America: Civil War, otherwise known as Avengers Three but without Thor or the Hulk. So apparently they had a mockumentary. I am a fan of the mockumentary. I love them. The whole modern family, the Muppets, even the rest made the Muppets rest in peace. That's <laughs> <laughs> a whole nother podcast. Yeah. I know, right? But there was a mockumentary presented. So that apparently even the director was not satisfied that no one knew what happened to Thor during Captain America Civil War, so they showed it. Apparently, he has a muggle roommate, <laughs> for lack of a better word. He's a muggle. He's a non-superhero named Daryl, and according to this documentary, Thor is a very bad roommate. Messy and inconsiderate, but I will say his hammer has its own little bed. Like its own little <laughs> hammer bed. I was like, I, I thought that was... All of those things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> also, um, the Doctor Strange new trailer. Yay! I'll take it. <laughs> Till November. Um, they, Of course, they brought out the cast. Tilda Swinton. I love Tilda Swinton. Me too. She's my spirit animal. She's got the neatest roles she does. So... They brought out the cast, of course, cast for um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, everything Marvel. I think it wasn't even so much. I don't know. Did they do anything other than Marvel related or Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least, related at Comic-Con? Was there any Disney? Moana stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. That one's coming out. Yeah, they had some Moana. They revealed that she's going to be the first Disney princess that will not have a love interest. Finally. Elsa. Well, she's not a I mean, princess, Meredith. though. Anna's the True. princess. She's Anna's the queen. The princess. Yeah, she's the queen. I do like Merida. that it's not even a part. Yeah, Merida. But I do like I... that they are expanding that way. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. And maybe they like she makes friends with them instead of Merida, who just shot down all the suitors and like <laughs> wouldn't talk to them. I, one of my gripes about that, maybe, like, you could have had a friend. <laughs> Might have helped with the whole bear situation. True. Yeah, no, just saying. Just Plot saying. holes in Brave abound. But, <laughs> <laughs> again, whole other podcast. <laughs> that That's just the Scott and me kind of still having hurt feelings over the plot of Brave. But, <laughs> I digress. Back to Comic-Con happiness. Also, let's see. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel has been cast. It's Brie Larson. Um, you guys may know her from Room. I always want to say The Room, but even in the movie, they just kept calling it Room. Did it bother anybody else that they never used the word The Room? It was just Room. Kind of like <laughs> it was its own location. Room. <laughs> I want to go back to Room. This is Room. Anyway, so I digress, and that's probably why I have mixed feelings about her being cast as Captain Marvel. I will admit, I do not know enough about either. I'm not... 
a comic book reader, so I don't know as much about Captain Marvel as I should to be able to speak of her with any sort of authority, so I have none. (laughs) And Brie Larson, I guess I'm just used to seeing her in that dowdy room role, so (laughs) I'm trying to imagine her bringing color and life to a character. I'm sure, I am sure she is up for it, so... I'm open. I don't have anything bad to say about that. Anybody else have any thoughts on her as Captain Marvel? Isn't, I don't know. I'll admit, I'm like you, Melanie. I don't know. I'm not a comic book reader. I don't know I much about her I will admit my but, shortcomings. <laughs> yeah. But my understanding from the internet rumblings was that the character is being aged down. Is that right? Mm. That yeah, Captain Marvel is too. older? Yeah, but I mean, which I've is fine because clearly she's talented. She's a talented actress, but come on, forty-year-old moms need a superhero too, though, <laughs> right? I'm just saying we can't all be twenty-three-year-olds in Wonder Woman outfits. I hear that. You know, nor do we all want to be. So, yeah, I mean, what? There's nothing wrong with upper. Th- How old is Brie Larson? I guess I should IMDb her at some point, but I wouldn't mind a more mature superhero, but. Again, I, I don't She's know. She's 26. Enough. I just looked it up. Okay, so oh wow, oh. fast internet. This is yeah. a miracle of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Love the internet. What do we ever do without it? So she's 26. So I mean, at least she's not, you know, 21. <laughs> and I guess with Might as well be. makeup and bad lighting, we could at least age her up to 31. <laughs> no, yeah. again, I don't know how old Captain Marvel is supposed to be. I've just that's kind of the biggest complaint I've heard, I guess. So you can yeah. never make the geeks happy. It's true. You can't. <laughs> you, you cannot. Really can't. There's with the no way to do it. Robert Downey Jr. I think everybody else has been wrong at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everyone seems to be pretty happy with Benedict Cumberbatch too. So, but oh, definitely. that's a, that's given. <laughs> that's, that's a good, let's see. Marvel.com as a source. So she's supposedly a, a tall one, like 5'11", according to Marvel.com. And let's see. I like tall girls. Tall girls, we, we need some representation. <laughs> yeah, I'm only 5'8", but, you know. <laughs> Still, yeah, I seem to... Well, you know. But, yeah, it's... It, I, it's admittedly a hole in my Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge. Then again, Guardians of the Galaxy was two a few years ago, so and that's turned out to be great fun for the most part. Although, while we're on Guardians of the Galaxy, (laughs) I've heard (laughs) of some opinions about what's going on with Disney California Adventure. And for that, Jessica, why don't you tell us what you know and your thoughts on the Tower of Terror and Marvel Land? Ooh. uh Okay, so <laughs> Didn't mean to open that one up. All right. So here's here's what I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna explain what they said and then what the reaction has been and we'll go from there. Okay. So Disney announced officially at Comic Con that the Tower in California Adventure is closing. It will be replaced by a Guardians of the Galaxy drop ride and Disney said that this attraction will usher in an expanding superhero presence in the park, which means that they confirmed without officially saying the other rumor that's been circulating, which is that 
Marvel Land is coming to California Adventure. So what surprised me about this news was not the reaction because I expected it to be a really dramatic thing. What surprised me about this news was how polarizing it was because people seem to really go extremely in favor of it or extremely opposed to it, unlike anything I've ever seen before. And what I find so interesting is that both arguments are right. I mean, they both make really valid, compelling points. So there's no clear, like, is this a net, a good idea or a stupid idea? So what I'll do is just kind of talk to you guys about what each side says, because the first wave of reactions was super negative. And I'll admit that that was my initial reaction. I was very, very mad. And the reason for that is really twofold. I mean, one has to do with the attraction itself. And then the other is about the land that it's in. So what I mean by that is the Tower of Terror, I mean, it's a classic attraction, and that's a term that I think is used very loosely sometimes, but in this case, I think it applies because the Tower of Terror opened in California Adventure just three years after the park did. So it's really been there basically the whole time. And that whole time, it's been consistently one of the most popular rides. It always has really long lines, and the tower is the, the tallest building in the resort and actually the tallest building in Anaheim. So it's visible from pretty much everywhere in California Adventure. Um, if you're driving toward the park, it's the first thing you see from the highway. So it's just, it's it's an iconic building. It's an iconic ride. But the bigger reason I think people were mad that it's closing has to do with the actual land itself. So... Again, Disney has not officially said that Marvel Land is coming, but I think that anyone who says it's not is just in denial at this point. And nobody knows if it'll replace Hollywood Land or just shrink Hollywood Land. But in either case, it really takes away from California Adventure's original theming because the point of this park was supposed to be a celebration of the state of California, and each land would represent a different region. So... I mean, Hollywood is arguably the most famous place in the state. So to take away from that land or replace that land with a fictional outer space world, I mean, completely chips away at that park theme as a whole. So when I heard the news, that was my reaction. But, you know, after an hour, you take some deep breaths and the dust kind of settles a little. <laughs> and then I, I went on Twitter to see what people were saying, which in hindsight is never a good idea when something dramatic drops. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm it is entertaining. <laughs> yeah. But then I saw a second wave of reactions, and that really made me kind of reconsider how I thought about it. And these were the people that were super excited about it, and they made some points that I, I hadn't thought of. And again, they kind of had a twofold argument about the ride and then the land. So with the ride itself, people say that the Tower of Terror in California Adventure is consistently rated as the worst of, I think there's three existing towers. Um, and because it, it's smaller, it has less special effects inside. It's just, it's never someone's favorite. And people were saying, you know, not having the parks all be copies of each other is a good thing, especially with the two U.S. parks. Because if both parks have the exact same attractions... There's no motivation to visit both. And, I mean, th for Disney, that's a really bad thing because they want you to visit both. But if you think about the bigger picture, California Adventure as it exists right now already isn't necessarily a tour of California. 
I mean, they have Cars Land and they have a Bugs Land, and those have nothing to do with, you know, the state. And Hollywood Land itself is, I don't think it's debatable to say that it's a mess because half of the land is completely empty. Attraction turnover is really, really high. The restaurants there, I think, are the worst in the park by far. But the bigger problem is that aside from the tower and then the Frozen live show, the land is really, it's a pass-through. I mean, people ignore it, which is terrible because it's really front and center. It's right off of Buena Vista Street, which is the main entrance. And, right, and it's right Disney there. has to fix it. And the Marvel Universe is ridiculously lucrative. And its fans are, they're not just enthusiastic, but they're really loyal and devoted and, like, hardcore. So if, think about it from Disney's perspective. I mean, if you have a mess of a land and a, a really underutilized franchise, I mean, how could you not take advantage of that opportunity? It just seems obvious. So I would never say that I'm happy about the Tower of Terror leaving because I'm not. I'm going to be very pissed about it for a while, but... I guess I would say that my feelings about it are reluctant acceptance because as sad as I am about it leaving, I I get it. So I'm just really curious about what you guys think because the reactions that I've heard are almost entirely from locals or Disneyland annual pass holders that go all the time. And I know that you guys, a few of you have been at least, but you're not frequent visitors. So does this make you worried about Disney World? I mean, what's what's your reaction to this? I think we're seeing a lot of the newer franchises becoming a presence in the park a lot more quickly than they would in the past, where in the past, a movie would have to have staying power before it warranted an attraction, where now we're, I think they've conditioned us to go ahead and accept things like Pandora Land, with that had a movie 10 years ago, but yet everybody was embracing that, and don't even get me started on Frozen's place in the original view of World Showcase. You know, they took a, a popular attraction, the Maelstrom, which was thematically correct for the land and even Walt's vision of that area of the park that, you know, I mean, he had that vision well before he passed and it came to fruition and they yanked it out for Frozen. So, <laughs> hmm. even, even with its popularity and, and, you know, the Frozen takeover of the universe, I, I think we're kind of conditioned already now to see the removal of something that's even popular being replaced with something that will probably be just as popular in the end. But I I do remember that area when we were at Disneyland several years ago, that was, is that monsters Inc ride still there? It is. So that that's the part of Hollywood land. That's basically empty. It's kind of like behind. That's the only one that, doesn't constantly close or turn over that one's still there but i think that that's going to go away yeah and that one kind of was underwhelming as well so even my kids who were like prime demographic age at the time were just like yeah (laughs) they were underwhelmed by they so i I get the need to utilize that and i like that they're actually approaching it from a guardians of the galaxy perspective because we already have most of the Avengers over here, but in universal form, <laughs> meaning they're at the universal parks. They're not at the Disney parks yet over on the East Coast. So I do like that they're kind of going their own way, making it futuristic where, and I don't mind so much that it, at 
universal. They're more true to the comic book form of the characters. I think there's room for both comic book and cinematic universe when it comes to theme parking. But I get it. I, I understand why they're doing it. And absolutely, when it comes to California real estate being in short supply, that they really don't have room to waste space. So I, I get it. It, it tra- Change is always hard. <laughs> <laughs> change is hard. And so letting it go and hope, hoping that, I mean, the, the thrill part of the attraction will still be there. I always have my pictures of my kids with Goofy in front of the Tower of Terror. So I, I, I think I'm okay with it. Plus, I think the one in Hollywood Studios is far better, just like the people on Twitter were saying. I do like that one better. Although, I I enjoyed it over there as well. So, I, I'm with you. I'm with reluctant acceptance, but hoping that they turn that little corner of the park into something really cool. Well, I think it's cool that they're going to add the the random drops to Disneyland for Tower. Well, the the revamped Tower of Terror with Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. So I think that's going to be a big, you know, draw for the locals there because it's not going to be the same ride every single time. Right. Um, I know from we already have a trip scheduled. Our second Disneyland trip is scheduled for February again, and I don't necessarily think that like I wouldn't. I'd cancel that trip if Tower of Terror wasn't there. So. I think the draw is still there for me to come because I want to see things like Cars Land and Bugs Land, which is more full immersion areas. And I think that's the one thing that Disney's realized that they really had a gap on versus other competitive theme parks. So when you look at Universal Studios, they do full immersion on Harry Potter. And that's why people love those parks. And, you know, Disney really hasn't done that. They just now have started getting in the game with full immersion, like, Oh my God, people want to dine in Bell's Castle. We need to have be our guest. So we're just, Disney is really just now moving to that. So I think this is kind of, again, that move to if you're a comic book fan, you can go there and have a mini Comic Con and you can go, you know, live Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy for the day. So for me, I think that is going to draw people to the parks where Tower of Terror necessarily wouldn't, wouldn't have that huge draw for me. But I can say when I heard the news first, I was like, oh God, it can't be Hollywood Studios, right? Like my heart, my heart stopped because I was like, if they close anything in Hollywood Studios, I don't know what there is to do for the next two to three years. But also, I'm pretty excited about that bar that's going in here in Florida. So I yeah. think the fact that, again, it's that full immersion of, hey, I can go sit in the bar at Tower of Terror and I can take this this love that I have to, to the next level. So I, I'm excited to see what Disney will do with it because they did a great job with um, Star Wars and Space Mountain, I thought, with the overlay there at Disneyland. So after so, that, I, 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 I'm more sold on it now that I've seen what they can do with a, a current ride and how they can transition it over. So I've got some bad news for you. They canceled the plans to make the bar in the Tower of Terror in Hollywood. Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. Oh, they yeah. did. I had the chance not long. Permission. Yeah. Yeah, I had the chance to talk with one of the original Imagineers on Tower of Terror, and there was supposed to always be one. <laughs> Man, so. I guess we have to drink somewhere else. <laughs> it's a, yeah, not many. Yeah, my, I don't know. I mean, people who follow me on social media and who I've conversed with over the years know I'm, you know, where my stand is on, on the changing and bringing all the movie properties in, in to all the parks. It's not my idea of, of 
what it should be, but I, I'm in the small minority. I'm a nostalgic. You know, I'll, I like the classic stuff, and I like the way it was, and that's just something I have to get over. Uh, and uh, Jessica and I had had a conversation in another group about that as well, and and I know I was definitely vocal about not having carbon copies in, on both coasts. Uh, I said that multiple times of, over about multiple things. Uh, you know, people squawking they wanted Cars Land here and so on and so forth, and I'm glad it's not here. And, you know, I even said when, when the Toy Story and the Star Wars expansions are coming, I hope they are not exactly the same on both coasts, which logistically they probably won't be because there's not the same amount of size on both sides, but I just hope all the rides just aren't cookie-cutter copies of one to the other, you know, because there has to be differentiation. Well, I butchered that word. There has to be a difference between between <laughs> both parks and, and give right. people a reason to want to go to either one. Now, as far as the overlay goes, whatever doing with the tower, I loved this attraction when it first opened when I was able to ride it. Fortunately, my body doesn't like me to ride it anymore, so I haven't been on it in probably about 10 years. So mm -hmm. I, I get fired up and I get aggravated because they keep changing things and they keep bringing in stuff that I don't have a vested interest in. I have not seen the movie. I'm not, I, I was never a comic book person. I'm not a Marvel person. I don't I don't poo-poo it because I know if I saw – I've seen some of the movies. I know if I sat and watched all of them, I would be totally into it because it's right up my alley with Star Wars and, and the Pirates franchise and everything else. I, I just feel that I have – there's so many things that, I, that I'm that i into. I, I, I can't possibly try to figure out a whole other world because I'm so many years and so much behind on all this stuff and who came from where and who's going where, who's related to who. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not a grumpy old man at 40, but I sometimes I, I just don't want to sit and try to figure it all out. I have a hard enough time keeping up with the things that I enjoy now. So I think Which that's is why cruising is awesome. Just go <laughs> right. on the cruise ships. They are already designed classically. Absolutely. That classic signature style is not changing. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah, they I, update it's, the cruise ships, but the style is the same, and we don't have to worry about new cinematic universes coming into play. We don't have to worry about any of it. It's never going to stop me from going. It's never going to stop no, me from going to the parks. No, no. It's just like I said, I haven't ridden the Tower of Terror in years. You know, when my kids are old enough, and my son is tall enough now, when he builds up the nerve to want to do it, I'll do it because well, nobody else is going to do it with him. So you know, I'll do it, and <laughs> it'll suck for me for the rest of that day. But it is what it is. You do what you got to do with your kids. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I completely understand Jessica's take on it because that park is, you know, I. You know, I don't know the ins and outs at Disneyland. I've not been there yet, and it's it's on my list. But I'll I also it. think people are a little more open to the change with California Adventure because it's not Disneyland Park. Right. If they had announced a Guardians of the Galaxy, like, Matterhorn overlay... I think the reaction would have been different. Like I think the world, perhaps, would, the world yeah, would have stopped I mean, spinning. People, so it, it's not a, you know, it, it is a classic, but yet it's not because California Adventure is one of the newcomers. So I think we're not as emotionally attached, especially East Coasters. We're not as emotionally attached to California Adventure. So we're like, okay, let let's change things a little bit. So I think we're that that's probably where a lot of the acceptance of a change is coming from. I think it's an, that's an interesting thought. And I think that actually kind of divides audiences because I mean, people are very, very protective of Disneyland. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people were mad when they said that star Wars land was coming, but 
I actually think that locals are sometimes more protective of California Adventure because they kind of see it as their park. Right. Because all of the visitors go straight into Disneyland usually. So I I think it's kind of like people are upset because the people that are all for it are people that aren't regulars. And the people that go to the park all the time are the ones that spend a ton of time in California Adventure. That's not true for everyone, but that's kind of a pattern. So if you were paying attention, like I was stupidly, to Twitter when this was going on, (laughs) it was like all of the locals were mad as hell and all of the people that go once a year were thrilled. So it completely divided the audience. Yeah. But just so you and your locals know, California Adventure won our hearts easily. And and that was back when Cars Land was still under construction and the Little Mermaid was still under construction. And the cast members were like, we have so much under construction if you'd only come in a few more months. And I said, it's all new to me. Everything in this park is new to me. Yeah. And, then and then the cast members knew which way to send us and which stories to tell us. So that the cast members and the park itself quickly, quickly won us over. So that's from an I'm East glad. Coast girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's the boat I'm going to be in next March when I go there because I've never been there. So, you know, we plan on spending three days on our way back from Hawaii. So, right. you know, so it's going to all be new to me. So, exactly. Did anybody see the uh, article in the USA Today yesterday about the makeover? Because they actually posted a video, and they've got the right Imagineer behind this. They've got Joe Rodia behind it. Okay. So it should be interesting. That's some pretty interesting pictures posted. Hmm. Yeah, I saw some stuff just on social media, not through uh, USA Today, but I knew that I had seen that he was behind it because he was the video is him talking about it yeah that they released yeah i don't know i mean i'm sure whatever they do will be will be will be good it'll be awesome and people will come and you'll still get the the group of people who will will be aggravated about it but they'll you know like like maelstrom and mr toad over here of the past you know i mean the pool ride I've been on once, and I really have no intent. I've never even brought my kids on it because <laughs> I can't stand that flipping thing. So, oh, because of what was there, oh, that Mister Toad ride was fantastic. It was done so well. So, it so was, well. but kids today have no idea what that is. I don't care. They go watch the movie. Well, hey, Toad <laughs> Hall is front and center in Disneyland, so you I can know. come on. It really times. is. I know, but we had two tracks, and they were different. Yeah, I can hardly wait because I never got to ride it. Oh. I know that's. I can't wait to get out to California to ride some of those the classic ones that that have yeah. that are not here. The anymore. whole interior is hand painted. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. So you know, like I said, I, I get grumpy old man before I sit down and and take a <laughs> breath. And seriously, I love you know what it is. I, I guess my parents took me too much as a kid because that's all the stuff that's ingrained in my brain is 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 classic Magic Kingdom and classic uh, Epcot, and I don't have as much love for the studios or animal kingdom as the other two, just because they haven't been around as long and I just haven't spent as much time in either of those two parks. So I don't have the, uh, I don't hold on to anything as near and dear in either one of those places yet. Okay. <laughs> um, the awesome mix volume one is going to be on the ride. Come on. Yeah, I just saw that, and possibly two. I just yeah, I just found the impossibly. I've just found the USA Today. Yeah, I just dot com article. We'll put that. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, 
the artwork is really cool. So do you think that in those little boxes they're going to like drop them because they're suspended? There has to be some kind of tie-in with those suspended boxes with the drop of the ride. Well, I think the whole premise is the lobby you're going to be walking through, and I can't think of the character's name, but his collection of things that he's collected over time. Right. So. Because he's got some, he, didn't he have some of the Infinity Stones? Yeah, and some other oddball characters. Because that's the way you can tie into any Marvel uh-huh. exactly. comic book with that collection. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this makes saying goodbye a little easier. The artwork <laughs> is really good. I don't but know. But yes, it, it's like seeing a part of our young adulthood. I can't say childhood because I was already in high school when Hollywood Studios opened in the first place. So part of my young adulthood changing yeah. already. It's... Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was high school. When I <laughs> but yeah. All right. Does anybody have any other Comic-Cons or blog updates they want to share tonight? Well, everything else about Comic-Con would have nothing to do with Disney, so. (laughs) There was that little movie that was released this weekend. Something about Star Trek, you know. (laughs) Well, that, and they dropped the two previews, the trailers for Wonder Woman and Justice League as well. So exactly, mm, I, I heard that Justice she had one online. I heard she had a properly colored costume now instead <laughs> of the gold thing she had in Dawn of Justice. Or yeah, so. only only halfway through the movie, it looks like. You know, even Captain America goes through wardrobe changes. Yeah. It's it okay. only makes sense. I mean, can you imagine a girl with just one costume in her closet? Worked for the Not TV happening. show. <laughs> I think it was a 70s budget. <laughs> yeah, so everybody seems to be kind of excited that Chris Pine is in the uh, Wonder Woman movie. So I saw that. We're, I have no objections have... to that. <laughs> no, none here. We're good. <laughs> We're good with that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Before we say goodbye, I'd like to go around the horn and have everybody let you guys know where you can find us on social media. So we'll start with Milford. Uh, You can find me on my blog at www.milfordhutzel.com. That's my Milford on the Move blog. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Milford on Move, and on Facebook, Milford Hutzel. And RJ... Okay, you can find me over on the Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. and on Twitter, Instagram, and the old Periscope at Black Pearl 454. Jessica. Okay, so my blog is duchessofdisneyland.com. I've got a very long post about this whole Guardians of the Galaxy thing if, you're, if we haven't talked to you ear <laughs> off enough. <laughs> um, I'm also on Twitter at Duchess Jessica and Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. And Adrian. My blog is www.bound.com. You can find me on Twitter at www.bound underscore com and Facebook and Instagram at adrienwdwbound. And Crystal. Hey, well, you can find me on Twitter at Disney Brewing. And this is Mel. You can find me on my website, which is dclprepschool.com. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Prep School 
my Twitter handle is DCL Prep School, and you can find me on Instagram and Pinterest at DCL Prep. Well, thanks for joining us on this Comic Con size podcast tonight. I think we all had lots to talk about. That was great, guys. It was so much fun. So, thank you for joining us as we explore the magic, and we'll see you guys on episode 12. Goodbye. Bye now. Bye.